Laddie just said, what, what are you laughing at? What are you laughing at? And I'll read you this text, Laddie. Uh, from Lee, we, we talked about Valentine's Day. We got Everly, we got Riley, we got lots to talk about here. Uh, we've got some open time. This comes from Lee We're about Valentine's Day. He said, um, we needed a new toilet seat, so I went to Home Depot yesterday morning. The cashier asked me, how's it going? I said, just getting my wife a Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, I still got her flowers after. <laughs> was it a heated toilet seat or what? I, I, I don't know. Maybe it had that fur, that fur on it. I don't know. Oh, man. Oh, boy. That's that's not a bad one from Lee. Uh the juice says, I saw Laddie at you play with his boy yesterday. I don't know about him, but I'm day-to-day with a strained hamstring from the trampolines. Dude, Tough. I'm I'm on the board with you. Not a hamstring, but my lower back. I, I'm I'm nursing lower back injury. My my son wanted me to jump up and down really high and jump over the obstacle there. And I jumped down. Wasn't mm-hmm. really ready for the impact. Oh my and I'm feeling it today. Really. Really feeling it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, watch out for trampolines, guys. <laughs> uh, okay, lots of talk about Eberly. Uh, lots of talk about Riley on the text line. We'll get to some of them here. Uh, Bad Nib says, i got to drop the Kane talk. There is zero chance he comes here because yeah. Detroit isn't dropping out. We said that right off the hop. Yeah. We, we don't believe Detroit is dropping out too do you like far the fairy out of the tales? race. We, we, we do like the fairy tales. Well, I mean, Frank's doing his matchmaking. Why can't we? Yeah, exactly. Then it says, uh, uh, and the Ebbs thing would be a huge mistake as he doesn't bring what the second line winger needs. Uh, that winger needs to be a two-way guy because Leon needs that on his wing. Uh, I, th- Mr. Maris- I think Ebbs is pretty responsible. Yeah. It's not his forte, you know, but I think he's a pretty smart player. Mm-hmm. He doesn't put himself in a bad situation. Pretty responsible, I Steve from Drumheller says, I'm with Kevin. I love Ebbs, but nope. I've got your back order. Should be looking at a steady D-man or a guy that wins face-offs. Why does Edmonton need more forward firepower? I mean, I think size, and even though, you know, Kane's the same size as Eberle, basically, right? Patrick Kane. Oh, Patrick Kane. I yeah. thought... No, not Evander Evander. Kane. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so Patrick Kane and Eberle are similar stature, I would imagine. Different to play against. Different, yeah. A little bit. Or, a little bit. But... Do they need more size for a playoff strong, a long playoff run? More size, like you look at what Bukestad Bukestad brought in last year. Up I the think middle, Bukestad Bukestad was a good addition. Yeah, you know, big centerman can win faceoffs, kill penalties. Yeah, I, hey, I don't think we are desperate to get somebody up front. Yeah, but it's good to have that luxury, especially in the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen, and you. You like you would like to have options, right? Mm-hmm. And depth, like I said, deep playoff run. You know, you need four lines plus. Um, on the defense, I mentioned it before. I would like one more guy, depth guy. Yeah. Uh, again, for a playoff playoff run and goalie situation is a goalie situation. <laughs> it's gonna be hard to get somebody. Skinner's playing well. Pickard's playing well. Again, would be p- nice to have some backup veteran present, though. Mm-hmm. You know, but again, uh, with the trades being made around the NHL and how much you have to pay, you know, you, what you have to give up, hard, really hard, especially with goalie situation. Mm-hmm. That being said, this might be the year. I don't know. I don't think. But the but the dry side of the situation yeah. and being up, this might be the year. So 
you might have to give up something. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know Oilers are set up well right now, but again, it's the playoffs and that's a grind. You know, possible injuries. You need depth. You need depth. depth. Lots of depth. Yes. And let's just be honest here. I don't recall any team for two years, and again, knock on wood here, for two, well, not two years, so 80 games, playoffs, and then 50 games here. So a little over a season and a half mm-hmm. where you have not had really an injury on defense. That's what the Oilers have had. Yeah. Last year, I mean, lots of times went with seven defensemen. This year early, seven defensemen. Mm-hmm. And I think that was to kind of give, obviously, Phil Broberg a, mm-hmm. an opportunity to see what he could do. But to have, I mean, did you ever play on a team that had, for a whole season, never mind a season and a half, no injuries on defense? No. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. It is because crazy. something, you know... How many shots do you block? And something's going to, uh, a deflection's going to go off a stick and then it yeah, might and, catch you in your hand or, you know, you guys take so many shots yeah. and stuff in front of the net. I, man, I agree. I agree. It's, uh, I would rather be on the safe side of the mm-hmm. things. Um, text coming in, uh, if Nails, your buddy Nails, Duke says, Riley beats the wheels off him, maybe gets two games. And again, I, I, I agree. Like, I don't even I, know I, if he gets that. No, I, I don't think he would. Well, I, he'd get one game if he dropped the gloves. If Riley would have dropped his gloves going in yeah. to the corner there, and there was a split second or whatever, he's probably getting a game for instigator to start with. And that's that's fine. Yep. I imagine the other guy would probably start turtling. He would, yeah. He would probably start turtling, and mm-hmm. then it's kind of over. You're just beating what about back. What about, okay, so if you are Ottawa, and you see what Ridley Gregg did, and then he gets cross-checked to the head, he's down. What there, about there, the there, response from Ottawa? There should be a response. There should be guys, like, jumping in there and... Mm-hmm. and Trying I'm, to get I'm, not, I'm not promoting mayhem, but the old school, <laughs> old school hockey mayhem. or... Uh, it, there should be a response. You should be standing up. Even if you don't agree what he did and you're on the team, because mm-hmm. you don't always agree with your teammates, well, you know, you're not in control of them, what they do, but you still are representing Ottawa Senators and you're, you know, you're on the same team, so there should be some kind of response. Rod in the Valley, text in. Morning, fellas. The reason I don't do Eberly isn't because it's Eberly. He's a great player, and we agree with that. I would like to see a bit more grit, a little younger version of a Perry. Uh, great show, Rod in the Valley. Thanks for the text, Rod. Those players are hard to get. They too. sure are. They're really hard to get. Be nice to get one, though. <laughs> for sure. I think we had we have grit on our team. Mm-hmm. Corey and, Perry, Evander Kane. Yeah. Could use just a tad look more. At, look at Connor McDavid. He's yeah. playing pretty gritty now. What do you think? Six assists, man. Holy. Here, here's one for you, laddie, because we, we had it on yesterday, and everyone talks about I said, what was his best assist in the game against Detroit? He had six of them. A couple of them were like, well, none didn't matter. I was sleeping towards the end. So <laughs> okay. Kinda. So the Evander Kane one, did you, did you see that later? Yeah. Spinorama. Beautiful yeah. Spinorama. So you, you obviously Every, like some. Everyone I, says that one. To me, it's the other ones where he worked so hard to get so, the puck. 
And it was a technically a secondary, the, the, secondary the, assist. The, the secondary assist when he was mm-hmm. tracking the puck and he stripped it On off. On cider, yeah. Yes. That's, that's just that's, relentless pressure. Mm-hmm. Kids, you don't have to kill anybody on a forecheck. Yeah. Tie up the stick. Go for a stick first. Yes, you can follow through with the body, mm-hmm. but it starts with stick on stick. I cannot stress this enough. When I coach, I tell you, guys, these days, yeah, there's some big hits, but the best smart players who are relentless, they go for a puck mm-hmm. and they tie up the stick. They go under the stick and they keep moving their feet. They're always on it. Like the really good players, mm-hmm. they want you to to lift up your stick and try to go for a hit because it opens up all the all the holes, all the holes that they can make the pass. If the stick is on the stick and you're always in uh, on this grill, it's so disruptive. Mm-hmm. You can you can strip them of the puck and make a play, and that's what he did. And I can see two things: the spinorama. Not too many guys can do it. No, that's just like wow, amazing. Kids again. If you're listening or like younger audience, mm-hmm. I know you you love probably that play more than the other one, but that play is made only by like five percent <laughs> of the guys in the NHL. Maybe less, not even that. Maybe yeah. even less. Yeah. Those superstars they can do it. But what what you can do, guys, and you can do it on almost every single shift on a forecheck. Mm-hmm. You can do what what McDavid did. Strip because if you strip off the defenseman. Then he's out of the play, and you have option. It's usually odd man situation around the net, and then it wasn't crazy pass that he made. Mm-hmm. You just strip it off and pass it to the first open yeah. player, to high man. Yeah. yeah, the high man, and then loose it, puck rebound. Yeah, Holloway scores. Holloway scores. But that's mm-hmm. that's you can do that play. Any player, I feel like any player with. But I won't. I don't want to say any player because mm-hmm. it's still. But if you have the will uh, and. You know, well, hard, hard work. You are hard on a forecheck. You have the kind of the skill how to strip the guy of the puck. That's more doable than you know, spinorama, crazy pass, open net. The one thing that kind of really caught me there, when you say two things, relentless pressure, but the other thing too, what you say, when you are engaging an opponent, and this can go defense forward, whatever, but more let's because you're defenseman, when you say. And you're engaging with the stick to make a stick check, but to keep your feet moving. Yeah. Because so many guys, what they'll do is they'll engage, they launch, they they'll launch. engage, and then keep their lower body yeah. still, yeah. and then they lose the battle. Yeah. So for me, as always in an athletic position, you should be closing the space, mm-hmm. time taking time and space away with your stick, leading with your stick. If you're in the battle closer, stick in two hands, lifting up the sticks. But if you're approaching... It starts with your stick leading and moving your feet. Like, look at like the the best. Like, even when you look, everybody talks about uh, Makar and you know, like how offensive he is. But when he defends, he always defends with feet. Mm-hmm. He moves his feet. He closes the space so quick. Good stick. You know, that that's how it ser- starts. Like I see a lot of defensemen when I coach. They start as they approaching hands, uh, stick in two hands. They approach, so the stick is not even on the ice. And then when they actually take the stick in one hand, they start lunging, mm-hmm. they stop moving their feet, and it's that's the wrong approach. So, like, my my defenseman, when I coached the yeah. HC team, or, you know, we were with, uh, I was with the Oil Kings the other day, they still haven't been thought these things. And that's just a problem, like, growing, growing up. up. Nobody yeah. really pays attention to mm-hmm. these details, but 
these are huge things when you mm-hmm. want to try to play junior or a pro huge things if you're a defenseman and you don't know how to properly defend then you're you're screwed and the one one more thing is yeah. hockey is not as physical as it used to be you don't have to kill blow out anybody but if you're really good at stripping pucks ending the place like your your value goes mm-hmm. through the roof because yeah. nobody wants to play in the defensive zone right or what what you want to do is play with out. the puck yeah. get it out and play in their yeah. zone make so a if, play to get it yeah. out yeah and if you have a defenseman who can end the play close the space strip off the puck make a first simple play my god you're yeah. you're golden you're making a lot of money for a long time yes you are mm-hmm. because everybody wants consistency and dependable and uh, dependable player uh are you ready for are you in or are you out my god i lost all my air talking about <laughs> this but sure uh, i am ready uh, we'll do it right after the break. Yeah. Uh, before that, time now for the ski report. Here's the Duke. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, February 15th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. Big family day long weekend coming up, and the resorts are opening up as much terrain as possible for the skiing and snowboarding public. At Sunshine Village, Delirium Dive is now open for the first time this season. All free ride terrain is now open at Sunshine, which is at 15 centimeters of fresh snow in the last seven days. Down at Castle Mountain Resort in southern Alberta, the Chutes, which is some of the longest, steepest runs in North America, have opened for the year. Castle Mountain with 13 centimeters in the past 48 hours. At Marmot Basin, the entire mountain is now ready to ride as well, with Trey Hombres and Eagle East opening earlier this week. At Lake Louise, they received 16 centimeters in the past week, and Norquay with 14 centimeters in the same time period. Nakiska, 5 centimeters fresh in the last two days. And over into BC, Kicking Horse with 14 in the last seven days. Revelstoke, 2 centimeters over the past 48 hours. Fernie with a big 47 centimeters in the past week. And Kimberly, 40 centimeters in the last week. And Panorama, 14 over the last seven days. Over at Kenosu Ridge, ski area by Cold Lake, the Family Day weekend festivities include free ski and snowboard lessons, live music, and tubing on Saturday as part of their Snow Fever event. Expect the local snopes around the capital area to be lively places throughout the long weekend as kids are out of school and temperatures favorable for some great ski days. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. All right, welcome back to the big program. 923 in Edmonton. Things are shaping up nicely here. Laddie's doing some fake bench pressing, getting ready for. Are you in or are you out? Yes, do this. Okay, okay, you know what? Moving too fast. Bottom line, are you in or are you out? In or out or what? No type of questions, just action. <laughs> in or out. Well, then I'm out. I'm sorry, Jet. Actually, you're already in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I thought you would go, I'm in, Bob. We would have had a really cool moment, but uh, you kind of ruined the whole thing. Is this The Rock and Kevin Hart? (laughs) It is. It is, right? (laughs) The Jet. <laughs> that was a good movie. That's actually. a guy. I, I like that movie. It's I really funny. enjoyed it's that. It, it was quite funny. Yeah. I uh, I liked it. So it's right. fatty pack. It's fatty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen. Uh, despite just being 13 points back of the current leader, who is Nikita Kucherov, uh, Connor McDavid won't finish within 10 points of this year's Art Ross winner. I'm out on that one. I think okay. he's, he's going to get closer. That's all you have to say? <laughs> he's going to get closer. I don't know if he's going to win, but it's got to be much closer. Now. I am also out. I think he's going to win. I still think he's going to pass Kucherov. I think he's going to pass 
McKinnon. He's got some games in hand on these guys. Yeah, he does. A six-point a six game, a half a dozen apples doesn't help. Helps, eh? It doesn't hurt, I mean. Do you think he's going to help us, Confidence? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but he's all, in the last... I got the stat right here, laddie. In the last... Uh, he's full of stats, but the is. one I ask, he okay. wasn't ready for. Last 36 games played, he's got 67 points. Okay? I just wanted to make sure I was correct because I got in I like that. trouble from spec there for not being ready for, you know. So I'm going to say, I'll say not only does he be a great finish with intent, I say he wins Art Ross. Okay. Okay. Yarmer Yager turns 52 years old today, still playing hockey over uh, in the homeland uh, for Cladno this season. If you were to generate a list of quote-unquote hockey hangouts, maybe somebody you want to catch a game with, go out for some drinks or supper after, swap some stories, uh, I'm saying Yager, ranking number one on this list to his longevity, guys he's played with, things he's seen, etc. Hmm. Well, he's your country, man. Yeah. You can go. Um he would be probably up there with, with the stories. I I uh, got I went out a couple times mm-hmm. with uh, Peter Nedbet and Marty Ruchinski. Oh yeah, those guys <laughs> almost too dangerous, please <laughs> to say. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite, my favorite guys, and I only got to hang out with him once. Mm-hmm. I was very young. Chris Chelios. Um, and it was amazing. I where did, I, where was the, where did you hang out? Like what happened? We were somewhere by White Avenue. Like oh. he, there was a, uh, he came with, I think Detroit. Okay. I think Detroit. Yes. And it was the time Mike Babcock was, I think, mm-hmm. uh, healthy scratching him and stuff yeah. like that. So it wasn't great. So we went out, we were all injured. I think it was Sheldon Surrey, Ethan yeah. Morrow, me, maybe Steve Stills. I'm not sure if yeah. he was there. They invited me as a young guy. So I'm like, okay. And then Chris Chelios shows up, and I was honestly, he asked me if I'm mute. And like hour in the dinner, I'm like, well, I'm like kind of starstruck, so like I didn't know what to say. <laughs> then we got drunk, and you know I got talking to him, and like I tried to pick his brain, and he was like so funny, so many stories, great guy, yeah. you know. I I really respected him, you know, one of the best, and uh, yeah, it was a hell of a night. So I would. Pick probably Chris Chalice. This is a hard one for me. I, I wouldn't take Yager, so I'm out, I guess, on Yager. But I would want to know just what the hell happened in the early 70s with the Boston Bruins. So I would like to go and have Bobby Orr, maybe Phil Esposito. Um, I think Derek Sanderson was running pretty good back then. Johnny Busick, we had Johnny on. But that... The Bruins in the late 60s to early 70s, and yes, Bobby Orr was hurt a lot of times, but they had, I mean, these guys were unbelievable. Yeah. And I wanted, I'd wanted, i like to know what what were they, they were having so much fun that they maybe could have won a couple more cups, cups. you know. So you would be wondering what I, like held what, them what, back? What were you, not held, no. like what were you guys doing? Like you guys, and they all, there's talk and stories for years. They had fun. And well, we don't have to go that far. We had a dynasty here. Yeah, yeah, I get that, and but I, I know a I lot of they those. Had, they had a lot of fun yeah, here too. Yeah, you know? I know, but I know a lot of those stories. So, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I want. I, I'm going to get, get to the bottom of it and what happened in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Last oh. last night, San Jose Sharks shut out by the Winnipeg Jets, one nothing. Uh, Sharks just 106 goals on the season through 52 games. They've got 30 left, and I'm saying they won't score the 44 necessary 
to pass the 2013-2014 Buffalo Sabres, who are the lowest scoring team to play an 82-game season in NHL history. I'm going to go... Yeah, I, I, I'm in on I don't think that they can do it. <laughs> that's how bad they are, <laughs> which would be... That's bad. So that's less than... What it would less be, 1.8 a game or yeah, so? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think they're, they're so scoring. bad. Right now they're scoring no, around, they lost, around two. Yeah, they're they lost one nothing last night. They I had know. 17 shots on goal. I know. Well, they are. Uh, they also play one of the best teams. Yeah, uh, I'm out on this one. I think they they'll they'll do it. They <laughs> they're gonna surpass this tragic record. <laughs> like it's it is pretty bad. But I I I, I believe they they can do it. There's a couple of Czech guys on the team, so I, I I'm gonna be rooting for them. On the uh, the top three of lowest scoring teams in an 82 game season, the Sabers with 150 and 13 14, Tampa 97 98 with 151, and then next up. The next year, 2014-2015, Buffalo Sabres with 153. So, uh, oh, man, like those are bad. That- <laughs> just the other night, Buffalo put up a touchdown, an extra point. Yeah, over uh, LA. Seven, LA. Nothing, yeah. yeah. That's uh, uh, Andre Kopitar minus six. <laughs> LA, LA looked good against us. Yes, so. wasn't that the worst ever for a Selkie for, winner? For a Selkie winner, yeah, yeah. minus six. <laughs> That's a tough night. Poor Andre, hell yeah. bums back. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> I really like him as a player and a, and a nice guy. Uh, also, last night in one of the couple games on the schedule, uh, the Pittsburgh and Florida game had a called Altcast uh, on the uh, NHL on TNT, which included a kind of sit-down, almost Manning-cast version of the show that included uh, the Spit and Chiglets crew of Ryan Whitney, Laddie's old buddy, uh, and Paul Bizanet, and Rear Admiral, recurring guest here on the uh, Sports 1440 program. <laughs> I, I'm saying that uh, this type of thing, like I said, borrowing from the Manning-cast formula, should be a weekly occurrence, uh, just like Monday Night Football was to pick a, a high-profile game and get uh, a different crew on with former players, maybe lots of guests like they had Rick Tockett, uh, Brady Kachuk. I think Big Walt came on as well. So uh, something mm-hmm. akin to this should be uh, on the schedule every week for NHL viewers. I can go first if you yeah. want, Laddie. I mean, first of all... I'm going to take a while. Yeah, I mean, when you got the Mannings, that's a different dynamic. I mean, you're talking to really, well, a Hall of Fame quarterback okay. and... Strads believes a Hall of Fame quarterback in Eli. That's well, he, he won two Super Bowls. Yes. And he performed like he made some incredible plays that they got to be always. Yes. Iconic. Always remember. Yes. But he's. he's and they're brothers and they have that. There's something there. Okay. It, it's, it's so funny with okay. them too. Like I like them a lot. Okay. Then you watch it. I don't want to watch it. I just want to watch the game. Yeah. So I'm out on this. All I, I just want to watch the game. I don't want to have a couple of guys, especially guys like a couple of yo-yos that are talking and yada, yada. I, I just want to watch the game, so I'm out. So me personally, guys, me personally, I would be probably out on this one as I just want to watch the hockey game like Kevin. Mm-hmm. But like we, I talked to Duke. It would be a nice option for people to switch the channel and have guys, but it would have to be like somebody, like you said, you know, NFL has Maddings. I would watch, you know, I'm not drinking anymore, yeah. but if I would be drinking a beer, and I have, what watch, if they asked you I, to do it? Oh, it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm even better not drinking now. I'm funnier, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I would, if I'm, if, if I'm just a person like hockey fan, I would watch Wits and, and Bess. Like it's fun. They bring, they bring former players it would be a nice option, but for me personally, I just like to I, I just like to watch the game because mm-hmm. like I pay attention, I, you know, and it would kind of distract me. But I think it's a good good idea okay. for fans out there. Yeah, here here's my point about this. I'm the same boat as you guys. I just like to watch the game, but for 
younger people yeah. um like what because it's different now that's what people love to do like they you people watch i get this kevin people watch on like online streams other people playing video games <laughs> and like millions of people tune in and it, it is like, i know my it's son a huge does it industry too. i don't I get, it, I get but it. people like it and so as a result like even last night um between biz and wit like telling some great stories about yeah. why um, Biz couldn't wear 67 in his first NHL game because it was too close to Crosby's 87 and Sid's mom was watching mm-hmm. didn't want to get them confused so like just some old stories like that that they obviously have to keep them family friendly because it is on network television yeah. but you still get a little bit more insight and uh, to get yeah. some new fans to the game which I think is obviously a big uh, MO for the NHL moving forward so um, I, I don't know if I would watch it but I think having the option would, mm-hmm. be, uh, would yeah, be a good one I agree and last but not least, as we always do with Sladislav Shmi, we uh, turn our attention to the world of food. And this uh, caught my attention yesterday as we had uh, Boston Pizza. Shout out to them yes. for dropping off a whole stack of heart-shaped pizzas Okay, this is getting yesterday. ridiculous. This is getting ridiculous. Like, well, when, when am I going to get out of treats? <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, well, you've missed the 40-ounce steak. You missed the pizza. You missed... Uh, Everything. Cookies by George. Uh, Christmas, I am being Christmas, disrespected. Uh, yeah, the buffet. Christmas potluck. I'm being the intern of this program. You are, yeah. Like, I'm being disrespected. I, I told the intern that he couldn't have any pizza yesterday. I don't think he listened, though. No, he was down there. I saw him, yeah. <laughs> he was down because he wasn't he was in here with me. He was in his pockets. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm doing my best I can, and I still don't get any yeah. reward. Yeah, thanks to all the BP. Uh, I had the pierogi pizza. Oh, so good. Yeah. So good. Spicy pierogi. Oh, uh, so yeah. good. Are you getting hungry? <laughs> I am getting hungry again. This is... BS. Yeah. But anyway, my point being that besides a stack of pizza boxes was a stack of little ranch cups for people to uh, dip their pizza into. I don't get that at all. I'm ranch is the most overused condiment uh, across the world of food in the year 2024. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll say I'm out on this only because I think Frank's Red Hot is. Everyone seems to have Frank's Red Hot putting it on everything. I love Frank's Hot. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm right now. I'm between Frank's Hot and Valentino. I love Valentino. Valentino, that, hot sauce. My, my Valentino is oh. right now okay. o- overtaking. Frank, ranch, ranch is everywhere. I I do like ranch, but yeah, it might be a little overused. Like I, my wife likes to dip her pizza in the in, in the some, ranch in the ranch or any other ranch something or sriracha ranch. It's pizza. Like mm-hmm. the flavor, I can, it has I, flavor. Yeah, I cannot take her to Italy. They would crucify her there. Like, if they would see her, like, she would ask for a sauce and, like, dip the pizza in. Come on. It's, like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, so why are you eating pizza? Like, right? Yeah. Like You know what I, I like I'm ranch for, on? What? Salad. Because yeah. things like lettuce, like, they're 99% water. They don't have any taste. taste yeah. And it's good for you, obviously, but you want to give a little pizzazz to it. Throw some <laughs> ranch on there. Like, I well, prefer other dressings, but I will put ranch on, like, a, a garden salad. I, I do like chicken wings sometimes when with they're ranch, like, yeah. with, with, They're with hot. Ra- hot, hot. That's yes. somewhere else where I'm out on that. Like, I want the flavor of the wing. I don't want to douse it mm. in the ranch. No, I don't douse it. I just give just a, a little, little bit, bit of dip. A yeah. little bit of if dip. It depends on how hot. If they're but really like, hot, buffalo. Yeah, but but pizza and like when she's, I'm like, what are you doing here? Like, let's not <laughs> let's not order pizza at all. Like, let, let's just let, you know what? Let's just drink ranch. Oh. <laughs> mix ra- uh, Scissor <laughs> says uh, mix f- ranch and Franks. You get Franks. Uh, it's, uh, well, I thought French was French dressing and ranch. That's already oh. been invented. I think. It's called wow. French dressing, and it's. French. I, I like I like ranch with 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 hot sauce with Frank's uh, mm-hmm. or sriracha, uh, you know. But 
would would I go out of my way? Like some people are just like crazy about ranch. And so, you know what I prefer? Like if I'm having like a spicy chicken wrap or something, you can usually get that like in a rancher. But I prefer it with Caesar, like a, a chicken Caesar? chicken Caesar wrap Caesar, with the, with the hot, the hot chicken in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's my preference. But like ranch is everywhere. People use it f- so unnecessarily. I, yeah, I don't know. We make our own dressing, so. Oh. <laughs> Big shot over here. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, it's just <laughs> turn up his microphone. There's not a thing that gets made in the curious household that isn't, I believe, what Kevin's called the best ever. Well, my wife makes makes Caesar Caesar dressing. Yeah. So like I, I yeah. like homemade because I anchovies? I, no, she doesn't like anchovies. Okay. But I she makes it really good. So I'm I'm okay with that, but yeah. I don't mind them. I show you, she doesn't eat seafood. Tim says, uh, "Boys, blue cheese dressing with the hot wings too." Well, Same. obviously, yes. like buffalo. Yeah. So, so when I was uh, my first two years, I got this weird obsession with the buffalo wings because I came from Europe. We never there was never buffalo sauce in, yeah. in Czech, right? So mm-hmm. I come over. We went to the pop. Like I was 19, whatever. Ordered. Buffalo wings. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I like spicy food, and then this, oh, good, and then blue cheese. <laughs> so for next two years, whenever I would go on the road in the NHL, yeah, the first thing I would do, we would get to the hotel room. I would first thing would be order a buffalo wings mm-hmm. for a snack in the afternoon, <laughs> and just chow down. Yeah, my my roommates are like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, like I'm you upset. could you could crush. Like what that one time Kim made what you yeah, have, 48? 38, 38. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then no, it was 38. This happened again. Yeah. But this time it was the Super Bowl. So oh, yeah. the Super Bowl, I stopped myself at 35 only because she made nachos and then she made the jalapeno poppers. So I needed some extra, yes. extra room. But one of these days I'm going to. I'm going to take a video of it. I'm going to eat. I think there is 58 of them. I'm going to eat all of it. Okay. I can do it 100%. Because like when I stopped myself, I, like, I think it was like 36. I'm like, God, I was just staring them down. But I, I, I could see I could <laughs> see the nachos. Were they staring back at you? Yeah, they were. There's like, I want in your tummy. <laughs> uh, when we come back, uh, it's our St. Albert Dodge Game of the Day. Oilers and Blues. Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic will be with uh, Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for the uh, Game of the Day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. They have 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a savings up to $14,000 as we welcome in Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. Uh, Jeremy, good morning. You're with Kevin Carries and former Oilers defenseman Ladislav Schmid. Welcome to Sports 1440. Hey, gentlemen, thanks. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. What do you, what do you make of the St. Louis Blues team uh, right now just kind of hanging around the wild card spot and a coaching change and everything this year? Uh, what, what do you make of this squad right now, Jeremy? Yeah, let me bring this up. I don't know if you guys heard the interview with Doug Armstrong in the preseason. I asked him the question, is this a playoff team? And his answer uh, kind of surprised me. You know, most general managers uh, come out and they'll paint a big picture. But he said, oh, I think we could finish third in the division. Mm-hmm. We're kind of shooting for third in the division. And so that kind of shows you where they felt internally where the bar was. And if you look, you know, they're not close to third points-wise in the central, but they are in the wild card spot right now. So 
you know, I think they're going through a retool. They made a decision that uh, they did not want to tear things down. They did not want to rebuild. They wanted to be competitive. You saw them go out and get a couple players at 50% off, like a, a Kevin Hayes, to mm-hmm. keep them to try to be competitive through this. And, you know, they're hanging in there. They had a decent road trip beating Buffalo, beating Montreal, uh, looked really, really flat against Toronto. So now they come back and, and try to pick themselves up again against Edmonton. What happened in that Toronto game, Jeremy, with, you know, Riley, Tavares, Marner out for the Leafs? Yeah, and, uh, you know, Braden Shen, the Blues captain, who I really respect, uh, he said post game something that we've heard probably too often here in St. Louis this season, taking a game too easily. Uh, they felt, uh, you know, Braden Shen said maybe they felt with Marner and, and uh, Tavares and Riley out that, uh, the game would come a little easier, and it mm. didn't. But they just didn't look like they had their legs, and you know, let us out. You know, he, you would know better than I on on how that works. But they, uh, it's just a situation where um, they looked flat the whole game. The passes were off, the shots were off. They had like three two on ones where they didn't even get a shot off. So uh, just really, really flat and uh, pretty disappointing for Blues fans. Yeah, I mean, from my experience, like when you see some of the big names not being in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to, you kind of like, you know, in your mind somewhere in your back of your mind, it is that oh, it might be an easier game. Yeah. But, and usually you fall behind, and you are always catching, chasing, up, chasing, chasing, yeah. chasing, chasing, and you know, it was what it was. But uh, my question, uh, you know, as the trade deadline is approaching, what uh, what are the St. Lines gonna do? Are you buyers, sellers, <laughs> or are they just gonna still hold? Yeah, this is a unique situation. You know, the past couple of years, especially last year, the Blues had some assets. They moved O'Reilly. They moved Tarasenko. You know, things are different this year. A lot of their veterans have long-term contracts. When you look at Shen and Falk and and uh, and uh, Letty and and uh, Saad and all these guys, uh, so their unrestricted free agents this year amount to Marco Scandella, an Oscar Sundquist a Casperi captain, and a Jacob Verana who's in the minors right now. So there's not a lot to sell. So the question here in St. Louis is if they're still sniffing that playoff spot and there's nine more games left before the trade deadline for the St. Louis Blues, you know, can Doug Armstrong even sell those low-level rentals? Because if they're keeping the team in playoff contention, you know, what sense does it make to move them for a fourth-round pick? when you can try to make the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the big picture question here in St. Louis is, you know, do you move a guy like a Pavel Buchnevich who's got one more year left on his deal? Uh, do you take advantage of some of the assets that you do have, even if they have term, and try to keep this retool going? Uh, I think that's going to be the question in St. Louis. But as you guys know, uh, those types of deals usually don't happen until the off season. Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic, our guest on Sports 1440. Uh, Jeremy, when the Blues lost Alex Petrangelo uh, to free agency, the kind of the fill-in guy, the guy that kind of took over was Tory Krug. How would you assess his play, you know, in the last year or so compared to this year, what he's accomplishing? Yeah, it's been a hard go ever since uh, Alex Petrangelo left and, and went to Vegas. Uh, they promoted Colton Preco who he had a back issue and, and struggled a couple of years ago, and now he's kind of played the, that number one role. And he's been really, really, really good this year. Um, and then you kind of chase it. You bring in a Scandella, and he can't you know, play up there. And, and a Nick Letty, and he's done a decent job up there. But, you know, Tory Krug, he's been in that second pair with Justin Falk uh, most of his career here in St. Louis. And I think uh, he's been okay. Uh, last year was a, a really tough year for him. Uh, he just wasn't on it. You know, he wasn't physical. He wasn't assertive. He was getting beat a lot. But a lot like 
a lot of the Blues defensemen last year just was not a good year defensively. This year, I think he's been better than last year. It's just that the bar was so low last year. You know, it's hard to say that he's been great this year. So, you know, his name was a name that popped up last year as going to Philadelphia in a trade. He invoked his no-trade clause. He did not go to the Flyers. And uh, he has three more years after this year left on his terms. So his his name is going to pop up, but it just leads to the question, you know, if you're considering uh, a Tory Krug, if you're another team, you know, what do you think about that term? I think that would probably turn a lot of teams away from him. You mentioned uh, Carlton Pareko, and in my opinion, very, very good defenseman. Um, but in this year or even last year, his name has been circling around yeah. with rumors being traded possibly. Is there any truth to that? So I think that uh, maybe if you go back a year, uh, his name popped up a lot. Uh, I know Edmonton was a team that, that came up. Um, you know, I know Toronto years ago in St. Louis here, we kept hearing about a Nylander for Pareko kind of blockbuster years ago, uh, which obviously never came to fruition. I don't think the Blues have any intention on trading him with the way he's playing this year, mm-hmm. especially if they want to remain competitive during this uh, retool. Now, granted, he's still got, what, seven more years left on this contract. It's a lot of time. You know, he's a guy who's going to be 37, 38 when that mm-hmm. contract expires. But uh, you mentioned it. He, he maybe isn't your true number one, yeah. but he's playing 24 minutes a night against the team's best competition and doing a really good job of it this year. And he does everything. Like, he skates the puck out of the zone. This year he's got uh, eight or nine goals, uh, which is pretty good for him offensively. Yeah. And he's jumped in the power play when they needed him, and, and he's really good on, on the penalty kill. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Blues' uh, look at that situation is this. If you trade Colton Preco who are you replacing them with? Mm-hmm. Just a couple quick ones for you, Jeremy, because I know you got to run. Um, when you look at the leading goal scorer or tied for the leading goal scorer on the Blues, it's it's not uh, Jordan Cairo, it's not Braden Shen, but one of the leading or the uh, what who's tied for the lead in goals is a guy that played here, Jake Neighbors, 18 goals. What's he been like for the Blues this year? He's one of my favorites to watch. A good mm-hmm. Western Canadian boy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he's uh, oil king. He, he's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah, he, he really is. He, uh, he he had a goal this year, guys. They were interviewing his dad on TV uh, right when his uh, son scored the goal, and kind of a cool moment here uh, in St. Louis. And and he just plays the game the right way. That's the one thing that I noticed about him when he got to St. Louis, a first round pick. Is okay, not flashy, but he does all the little things right, like the line changes and putting the puck in the right spot, you know, for his teammates and. And he says the right things. And he's got a gritty aspect to his game. Like, he'll mm-hmm. lay some big licks. He's been in some mm-hmm. fights. But yet he's got the skill where he can dangle you, too. So uh, I think he's going to be a, a good player in the NHL. I think he's going to have a, a long career. And I asked him the other day, I said, Jake, did you ever think that you'd be a 20-goal scorer potentially mm-hmm. in the NHL? And he said, uh, no. And uh, <laughs> here he is knocking on the door at 20 goals. So to me, he's got uh, a lot of intangibles. And uh, he's going to be a good player. Uh, high ceiling, high ceiling. I, there. Yeah, I really like watching him. Mm-hmm. And I had conversation with his former coach uh, Luke Pierce, who is uh, head coach of the Oil Kings, and he had him here, and he had only only good things to say mm-hmm. about him, how uh, how hard he works, and mm-hmm. it's just not about the flashy things, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you bang on it. He's a great player. He works hard. He gets on on a forecheck, but on the other side, he does have yeah. a lot of skill. So that's mm-hmm. you know big body, b- yeah. big body. So you. You know, hold on to that guy. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, how? Yeah, he does. Oh, I was just going to tell you that the other day we were in Buffalo and uh, the team had some wings in the locker room uh, post game. 
And I said, did you have any wings? He said, I crushed two of them. I said, Jake, <laughs> you cannot say crushing when you say two wings. It's got to be more than two. And he said, hey, you don't worry. I'll, I'll get back over there. <laughs> well, funny that you would bring that up, Jeremy, because we were just talking about it in the prior segment. And Laddie's just said that he crushed 38 the other day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I work out daily. <laughs> yeah, you work out. You work out. Yeah. And then he, he did look at me right before he went on the camera. And he said, hey, do I have any of my teeth? <laughs> Awesome. Uh, just one quick one. Uh, how's Drew Bannister been behind the bench since taking over for Craig Berube? Yeah, I think good. What's it been, 24 games? I'm not good at math. I'm in the media, but 15-8-1, uh, mm-hmm. I think. So he's uh, he's really got them to respond. You know, you guys know that you always get a bounce. You've seen it in Edmonton yeah. with the coaching, but obviously the Oilers have kept it up. Uh, you know, I, I think that he's instilled some – faith in in some of the older players and i think the young players he coached a lot of them in the mm-hmm. nhl in the ahl like he's got 11 or 12 guys that he's worked with uh, since he's been the coach down in uh, springfield uh, the last six years or so um and so he's got that relationship with them so mm-hmm. whether he keeps the job or not you know we'll find out we'll see who doug armstrong's got his eye on you know there was a report i think by elliot friedman that the blues were uh, at least trying to get involved in, in patrick Waugh before he went to the uh, New York Islanders. So I don't know that the job is for sure going to be Drew Bannister's, but I think he's put himself in the best position possible that he could to get it if the Blues wanted to go that way. Hey, Jeremy, thanks for taking the time this morning. I know you got a couple things to get to. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for this. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks, boys. Good time. Thanks. Yeah, that's Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. Our game of the day, tonight's Oilers tilt in St. Louis. Brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge. See how easy it is to do business with the great people up there. Check out stalbertdodge.com. Well, I, if I'm betting on a chicken wing eating contest between Jake Neighbors and Laddie Schmid, I don't know. It's me for sure. <laughs> that's that's easy money. Two wings. Come <laughs> two, on. Two wings. Two and wings. I crushed them. Crushed oh two wings. God. These these kids, eh? They can, well, the they don't want to put anything bad in their body. They, they or what? Well, I I used to put a lot of bad things <laughs> in my body, but I, you know, I flipped the page. Knew me, but I still enjoy my pizza. I still yeah. enjoy my wings. Yeah. There's always a one day of the week cheat day. Yeah. Uh, Al Hamilton just came into uh, the studio. He's going to yeah. be with us what at the top honor. of the hour. I'm going to bring the mic over just a quick one here. There we go. So, Laddie, you and Al do lots of events together, so you guys see each other. You got a question for Al or Al? You got? I mean, when you Lots. watch Laddie, Al, I mean... I did watch Laddie, yeah. and I enjoyed the way he played the game. Yeah. He you. was uh, a very good, honest defenseman, and... Uh, had a good career. Thank you so much, Al. I really appreciate it. Yeah, legend, legend. Yeah, I'm again, once That's again, the, starstruck. Yeah, starstruck. Well, all the guys. Well, what are you, you gonna be talking about now when I leave? Well, I'm gonna bring up the first story. Not, it's not the first time Al and I met, but we went and did a dinner up in Fort McMurray, probably in the late '90s. There was a whole. Remember, we went up on the plane, Al. Yeah. Yeah. So it was an embarrassing moment for me, but how come? Kevin. Okay, I'll just tell it right now. We got just, time. Uh, just tell the okay. story. Well, we went up and it was a Suncor plane. Uh, they took all Lanny McDonald, Jim Paplinski. was a massive, uh, uh, there was probably 2,000 people at this event. I was the MC, so all these guys from Calgary, Stampeder guys, and then all the guys from the owners, Al, uh, Craig Simpson, uh, missing about three, four other guys. Simmer. Yeah, everyone was up there. And so I had to introduce all the guys. And Lanny was the guest speaker. 
And then everyone else kind of was, you know, lower or whatever in the program. And so Lanny was last or something like that. But anyway, I went and I said, and now I want to introduce uh, Al Hamilton, one of the great Oilers in history, all the years in the WHA, la da 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 you know. You see the first jersey retired and you go into uh, Rexall and you see the, Al Hamilton's uh, number two hanging from the rafters. And, and then everyone starts cheering and Al goes up to the mic and goes, it's actually number three. Yeah, I could. Have, I could have. Said I know, that. but it was just a brain freeze on my part, and I felt so bad. A little it's dyslexia so dumb. there, yeah. maybe. Just <laughs> dumb is what I felt. So disrespectful in yeah. the fam. Exactly. Uh, hey, that goes back to the homework, right? Yeah, you got to be prepared. Like you got to be prepared. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> nah, an honest mistake. Honest mistake. No, it was a dumb mistake. Now you're but making it, me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll have a good little chat coming up here at ten o'clock with uh, one of the great Oilers of all time, Al Hamilton. Laddie, thanks for coming in today again always fella. always a pleasure guys. You're, uh, now you're going for lunch what are you doing i think i'm meeting meeting my wife and my my son here you're going to the, doing a walk about the mall for three days in a row here oh uh, uh, man i don't want to really but uh yeah she wants to uh, look at some stuff with me she she wants my honest opinion like so. what kind of stuff <laughs> what kind of stuff clothing i think for well, you no oh. no i don't shop for myself really <laughs> like i i hate <laughs> It's like there's gonna be a perfect perfect day where I feel like going around and trying stuff on, but it's once in a while. <laughs> and you know, women women love it, so gonna be there for her. Well, the, the great husband, you know, it's just day after the Valentine's Day, so <laughs> yeah, the rose the rose presentation. Yeah, the ceremony. Rose presentation, yeah. <laughs> All right, Laddie, thanks, big guy. Have a good weekend. We'll see okay. you back next week. You too, guys. Thank you. Uh, Top of the hour, we'll uh, have Al Hamilton in studio and we'll have a real nice discussion, trip down memory lane, uh, all the great places Al played, great teammates and, and a lot of a lot of things to discuss. Uh, before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by the Snow Valley Ski Club. All runs and lifts are open and ready for family fun seven days a week. Visit snowvalley.ca for details. Here is the Duke.